This is the Friday, July 14, 2023 version of the market analysis segment from Market to Market. A neutral to negative USDA report gave way to the market writing itself on a cheaper dollar, drier forecasts, and rumors of renewed foreign purchases. For the week, the nearby wheat contract gained 12 cents, while September corn expanded 19 cents. A bearish reversal in soybeans was countered by rumors of Chinese buying out of the PNW. The August soybean contract jumped 53 cents as August meal put on $21 per ton. December cotton bumped up a nickel per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, August class three milk futures increased 57 cents. The livestock market was in the green as August cattle put on 318. August feeders moved $1.22 higher. And the August lean hog contract improved $1.05. In the currency markets, the U.S. dollar index dropped 236 ticks. August crude oil gained $1.63 per barrel. Comex Gold added $31.90 per ounce. And the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index climbed more than 13 points to settle at $563.60. Joining us now is regular market analyst Sue Martin. Hello, Sue. Hello there, Paul. I see all these pictures of wheat harvest. And I see these farmers saying we're finally getting into the field, sometimes four weeks behind. What's that doing to the wheat market right now, that delayed harvest in spring or well, winter wheat? First, uh, the hard red winter wheat. Um, I think that at first that was putting a little support under, but then you keep catching rains, and our forecast is that they will continue to get pretty good rains. So in Oklahoma, Kansas, on up into Nebraska. So our take is that if they continue to catch too much, it could be a quality uh, issue and hard red winter wheats, the protein wheat. So that would be a concern. But for now, everybody's saying, hey, it's adding in more bushels. You have to take gifts where you can. So then when you look towards those spring contracts, you look at Minneapolis, that one has performed differently than the other two. Well, you know, um, the Canadian prairies certainly have their share of issues. And Canada competes on exports of wheat. And they raise a lot of spring wheat. And of course, so does North Dakota. And the dryness is kind of trying to work its way down into North Dakota. Uh, Saskatchewan certainly is having their share. I mean, they raise, they're one of the major producers mm -hmm. of wheat in Canada. And then you've got the western side of Manitoba also having their share of issues. Alberta's getting saved a little bit. So the trade's really been watching that and focused on it. Their forecast hasn't changed. It calls for continued hot and dry. Um, that's a big concern. And everybody wants to talk about the uh, uh, drought dryness in the Dakotas, Minnesota, Wisconsin, you know, maybe on down into the northern half of Iowa, but there's more to that weather forecast. <laughs> oh, and I think you'll get to that right now when I ask about corn. Yeah. This USDA report, the negative response to the market then was replaced by a big positive bounce and we're higher on the week. So does that USDA report matter? I think they've already dialed it in. I think the trade was disappointed that the yield didn't drop more. But our guess was around 177.5 because we felt this is 
as of July 1st, and you haven't even taken the crop into tasseling, pollination, and what have you. So I thought the USDA was right on, NAS was probably right on. I think the yield still comes down. But the kicker, and as I sort of just alluded to, the kicker is the weather services that we carry, we carry several different ones, but we have one that has really been pretty on target. Now back in June, early June, was talking about how we were gonna turn cooler in the latter part, last half or so of July on through August and get cooler through the fall. Has done a total flip, gone hot and dry. Now some of these forecasts that you see um, are starting to elude that we're gonna see after the 20th, 21st, something like that, that will start turning a little bit warmer and drier. The forecast that I'm alluding to is talking about that this hot and dry pattern is actually gonna hit the Eastern Corn Belt again, and estimating 77% of the Eastern Corn Belt coming back as hot and dry as they were in May in through June. So at what point does the market reflect what you're talking about, what this weather is alluding to, and what do I do if I'm in that Eastern Corn Belt mm -hmm. or if I'm in the Western Corn Belt? Well, I think they also alluded to about 28% of the Western Corn Belt. I'm not sure where that 28% is. Is it just west of the Mississippi? They've had a lot of good rains. Um, or is it back towards more the western side of Iowa, the northern part of Iowa? It might be that. Um, but I will say this. I think the trade hasn't gotten back there yet because they are so focused on Canada, the Canadian prairies, North Dakota, South Dakota, you name it. But they'll get there before long. I would say probably about the latter part of July, they'll start realizing this is probably here to stay. And later July has provided some fireworks uh, in the past, and so maybe yes, we'll it see has. it again. Let's move it to has. beans here because in the USDA report, uh, similar scenario in a sense of a surprise and a shock, and then almost the 180 the next day. So what does that tell you? Well, I think the, the disappointment, I think the trade was too ambitious in expecting the yield to come down. Again, it's July 1st, and August is bean month, and yes, beans are short in many areas, but beans are prolific. You give it some rain and they can surprise you, and short beans can produce better than you think. However, again, that forecast that's coming out is a big concern because that could really hit the bean crop hard. And I think we could see in the August report maybe a slight cut. The September report is the one where I think the corn and the beans really come home and have that Jesus talk, you know. I think that, um, and those reports in September are gonna be very important. Um, I think that the bean market, you know, $14 beans is a good price and we're having trouble getting there. We keep pushing up to it, but our supplies are a little tight, and in fact, they are tight. Although the USDA was creative in finding ability, they cut the crush and exports for next year. Well, maybe their mentality was, well, if you have less acres, you've got less beans, there's only so much of it to go around, so they cut that. But I think when we look at this crop and it comes down with yields starting to trickle down and of course if we get into August and we've been hot and dry and then we turn around and we maintain that in August 
I think the bean market could be very surprising. 1427 has been the high on November beans since December. And um, you'd even have to probably go back to maybe August or so of last year. I think the bean market is very prolific. However, that is the market that attracts longs easier. And the corn market, we've been down to 481, 481 three quarters. Uh, the trade piled into a lot of shorts and got burned. And um, we have to remember crop insurance price is 591. The last three years, we've been over the uh, February base price. I don't see that happening this year. I think we'll be under it, but under it could be 550. Oof. You know, who knows? I think we still have lows coming. Let's quickly summarize what you just said with a question from Phil in Ontario. At this stage of the game, do soybeans offer more hope than corn for price appreciation moving ahead? Well, boy, I think beans are going to have to have that weather push to stay back up over the $14 area. Um, I could see it's going to 1405, 1408, maybe 1414, something like that. But I think we have to have that weather push. And right now we have Brazil's beans kind of stealing our thunder, and yet export sales and shipments are still pretty good. So we're doing okay there. Um, I think that the one thing I view is as we go into 24 is that I think we're going to draw more bean acres back and we're going to lose corn acres. And maybe price does something with that. I don't think, and here's the other thing, crop insurance, soybeans were actually below the crop insurance base last year, contrary to corn. Um, so, you know, does that mean it has to stay below? No, beans could be the yeah. surprising thing, but we maybe push up over $14. You know, here's another thing. Yeah. I have indicators that I watch very closely. They've served me well. And those things on monthly data are turned long on half of them, and the other half is just sitting there waiting for a nudge. And I think that's going to come. And when that does, that tells me, and corn isn't far behind yeah. it either. That tells me that these prices, maybe we make some lows here in August. Um, I thought corn could make a low in August. Uh, some think early to maybe mid-August. I was thinking more like around August 23rd, 29th, something like that. And then we start to work our way around and meander. All right, I need to get to livestock very quickly for a few seconds. Uh, box beef uh, had some pullback, but yet we rallied to a near contract high. What's the nudge in cattle moving forward? Is it a nudge higher or lower? I think it's still back lower. Um, I think what we're in is a cattle market that is volatile and it's whipping back and forth. Uh, one good example was this week when you had corn down off that report, like 20 some cents or more, and feeder cattle dropped. And I thought, wait a minute, that's not a good thing. I think the market is whipping and you're seeing, uh, and I think it'll continue to whip while the product continues to drop. And I think we'll do that into August. That would be a friendly situation for the longer term on this cattle market. If we rally with new highs in the fats and feeders too, whatever, into August, that's usually not a good sign into October, November. But I tell you, numbers, we have plenty, a decent supply of numbers right now. Here's the thing that's going to hit that cattle market. You get market. 10 seconds to say it. Okay. 
It's the rains fix the, you know, help out the pastures. And we, this winter, we see a whole back of heifers for heifer retention for breeding. And that's what sends that market flying. All right. We'll get you some more uh, predictions in a moment. Thanks, Sue. Okay. Thank Sue you. Martin here. We're going to pause this analysis, continue our discussion about these markets and our Market Plus. You can find both analysis and plus on our website at markettomarket.org. These resources are free. Our YouTube page is the place to find our full program, Market Plus, and the stories that we feature each week. Subscribe to our feed of youtube.com slash market. Next week, we see how drones are delivering unusual packages that help producers. Thank you so much for watching and have a great week.